Nation. We are good together everywhere you go. Hello, good afternoon and welcome to the Midday News. The Midday News is live on Joy, 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi. We are on Love, 99.5 FM affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on A1 Radio in Bogatanga. We are on Flow FM in Aplau, Kaliawo FM in Akachi, Jata FM in Karaga. We are live on X Spaces. We are on Facebook. We are on MyJoyOnline.com. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrol Soul, your clean fall in full quantity. Petrol Soul is always a delightful experience. Also brought to you by Dura Plus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDPE pipes and water tank. We are the only water storage tank with a level indicator. And where Duraplus goes, water always flows. This afternoon, anger, frustration and disgust from Ghanaians as part of the country is plunged into darkness Tuesday evening. What, 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 I mean, why? What, what did we do? Was it wrong for us giving you the power to govern over us? We cannot build as a government and we still want to stay in power. How oh, Ghana, what have we done wrong? Uh. Details as the minority in parliament attributes the situation to the non-payment of gas supplied through the West Africa gas pipeline as it fears a load shedding exercise is imminent. Government knew about it. There were several reminders and indeed, even before the turn of the pipeline, government was informed. Unfortunately, the Ministry of Finance has failed to honor the promise made to WAPCO, which has culminated in the shutdown of the pipeline. Also this afternoon, Ghana nearing agreement with its official creditors over restructuring of the country's $5.4 billion debt to make way for the disbursement of the second tranche of $600 million bailout from the IMF. We'll also have an update from the IMF, which is expected to meet over the disbursement in the coming days. And tension in Seniasi in the Bono region as two traditional groups disagree over an age-old custom which forbids the rearing of goats in the community as a last-scale farmer is told to leave the town. I don't know whoever gave him that order because we haven't met on it at the traditional council level and that place happens to be the highest decision body for the traditional council. We have a special report from there, plus here from the chief of the area who is seeking to resolve the issue in sports. The Black Stars are en route to Abidjan to continue preparations for the Africa Cup of Nations, which starts in three days. And it's been 10 days of cooking in an attempt to break the longest cooking marathon by an individual. Chef Faila to Abdul Razak finally ends her cookathon attempt. The most important thing here was the fact that we have been able to break the record and we have set a new record. And for left to um, Fila, we would have done this forever, but the team feels like let's... We have that and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. You want to stay with us for details. We are your home of fearless, independent and credible journalism. I am MFA Apau. Many thanks for choosing us. Let's start from, from the energy front and to Tuesday evening's power outage in parts of the capital has sparked anger, frustration and disgust among some Ghanaians. Many callers to the Super Morning Show expressed their displeasure, citing the lack of prior communication and explanation for the widespread outage. The minority in parliament says the situation which resulted in a 500 megawatt shortfall was caused by the non-payment of gas supplied through the West Africa gas pipelines. Its ranking member on the 
Mines and Energy Committee, John Jinapo, fears a load shedding exercise is imminent. We'll hear from him and the callers on the Super Morning Show shortly. But first, let's take you to the Ashanti regional capital, Kumasi, where residents are also raising concerns about the adverse impact of the power cuts on their businesses. Nana Buache Dankwayadom has more in this report. Quite recently, there has been frequent power cuts across the country. Today, we took to the streets of Kumasi to ask residents what is the power situation in their area. I really do experience the power cuts. It's affecting us. They should work on it for us. The unfortunate thing is that they don't give us prior notice before the light goes off. We have electrical gadgets which do get affected by the power outage. Our children are home and they need the light for the assignments. The light goes off and they turn it back on when we are far asleep. It's very worrying. We are unable to work when it goes off. Sometimes it goes off when we least expected it. So these are the responses of residents living in Kumasi. They want government to ensure a stable electricity or give prior notice before these frequent power cuts. For Joy News, my name is Nana Bwachidankwayadom, Kumasi. We can now hear from some callers into the Super Morning Show who say they are not happy about the situation. We suffered a lot. I could not iron my case direct. I have to wake up around 5 and then I start looking for a friend's place to go and iron my uh, case clothes before I take them to school. Sometimes you have to get serious in this country. Are they doing it for a fanfare, for somebody to say they are doing well or what? It's annoying. You've borrowed so much than any other government. You are, you've taken more than any other government in the history of our democracy. Yet, look at how poor we are. As I speak for the last three days. Why? Why? What 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 I mean, why? What what did we do? Was it wrong for us giving you the power to govern over us? Come on, this is crazy. And I think we are not angry enough because this this government is taking the pace of us. And it's about time. We are in twenty twenty four, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just asking myself. So are we going to line up on the 7th of December to give power to people again just to mess up our life for the next four years or what? Because I just can't believe myself. Getting home with all the heat in the rooms, I mean, you can't turn on the AC, you can't do virtually anything. It's really sad. 
And I think the government should know that it's just a matter of time to make that decision on them. We cannot build as a government and we still want to stay in power. Oh, Ghana, what have we done wrong? Uh, it was off 6 p.m. yesterday and it came uh, 7, oh yeah, 6 p.m. and it came this morning, 6.30 p.m. Wow. The same thing the leaders are doing. This is, it is red. Just say it is red. And then the Ghanaians will empathize with you. But no, you come out, you lie, do CSC, do whatever, do this. You are taking money from us. Some callers into the Super Morning Show earlier today, minority in parliament is already attributing the situation to the non-payment of gas supply through the West Africa gas pipelines. Thankfully, uh, the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee, John Jinapo, joins us on the line. We are grateful uh, for your time here on the Midday News. So let's talk about the magnitude of this particular problem from where you sit. Uh, thank you very much. I can confirm to you that indeed the West African gas pipeline has been shut. And it's been shut because of non-payment of gas supply to the pipeline. This has therefore resulted in about 115 standard cubic feet of gas stranded and the western eastern enclave, which is Tema, is not able to get gas. And so big on the 115 mm scarf that's stranded in the west. Mm-hmm. Send power has been shut down. Senate is down. Ashogli has been limited to 165 megawatts instead of the 530. AXA, which is also available, is limited to 16 megawatts. And so clearly, yesterday night, there was a massive load shedding of about 500 megawatts. Today, off-peak, they are shedding about 300 megawatts. And this evening, they will be shedding another 500 megawatts. And so, before yesterday, there were challenges. But those challenges were not as massive and serious as yesterday. And so, from yesterday through today, until government makes payment to work for, it's going to be a very, very serious situation. How, and the how load long shedding has this shutdown been? Mr. Jinapo, how long has this shutdown been, you say? The main shutdown which caused this massive load shedding was yesterday. Okay. And so what people have been experiencing is just a minor one. The major one started yesterday. And what then will be the difficulty in making this payment, if it's not obvious? It's money. It's money. You recall that this pipeline was shut down because of about $30 million. Government made payment of $6 million and agreed on a roadmap with the West Afghan Gas Pipeline Company. Government has failed to make do its part of the bargain. WAPCO has sent several reminders to government, but government has failed to honor uh, the debt payment obligation. And so yesterday, they were compelled to curtail the supply of gas. And so this is avoidable. This is not an emergency situation. The Minister of Finance has been prompted. They are aware. And if they had paid the money, this unfortunate situation would have been curtailed. Do you understand why everyone then is quiet about this situation? At least it's only the minority we're hearing from. That's the most unfortunate aspect of this government. If you have a challenge and you are shedding load, inform the people. 
so they can plan their lives. This denial and deliberate attempt to accept the reality is most unfortunate. And I think that governance should be elevated beyond uh, such levels. Look, you are facing a major challenge. You are engaged in load shedding. It's creating doom so inform the people. Ms. Ajinapo, we are grateful uh, for your time. That's a member of the, uh, it's the ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee of Parliament, John Jinapo, there, giving us the situation as we are faced with in terms of uh, the power outages that you've been experiencing in recent times. Meanwhile, Joy News has seen a letter from the Finance Ministry on the implementation of value-added tax on the supply of electricity above the lifeline for residential purposes. The Ministry is urging the GRA to ensure it liaises with ECG and NETCO. Well, my, my colleague, Maxwell Abba, joins me in studio with details of that particular communication mm. as we've seen. Uh, what else does it say? Yes, MFA, it says as part of the implementation of the government's medium-term revenue strategy and the IMF-supported post-COVID-19 program for economic growth, the implementation of VAT for residential customers of electricity above the maximum consumption level specified for block charges for lifeline units has been scheduled for implementation effective 15th January 2024. It says for the avoidance of doubt, VAT is still exempt for a supply to a dwelling of electricity up to a maximum consumption level specified for block charges for lifeline units. Now, the electricity company of Ghana, ECG, and the Northern Electricity Distribution Company, NETCO, are hereby requested to liaise with the Ghana Revenue Authority um, to ensure that the implementation of VAT for residential customers of electricity above the maximum consumption level specified for block charges for lifeline units takes effect on 1st January 2024. It says by a copy of this letter, GRA is requested to ensure that it liaises with ECG and NETCO for the transfer of the revenues collected from the implementation of VAT on the subject matter mm-hmm. as part of a domestic VAT collections MFR. Thank you very much, Maxwell. Well, let's check on the status of the IMF second tranche, especially we've been talking about it for some time now and uh, this afternoon, joining us has learned that Ghana is close to securing a deal with its official creditors over the restructuring of the country's $5.4 billion debt to make way for the disbursement of the second tranche of 600 million bailout from the IMF. Disbursements have delayed due to difficulties in reaching agreement with the creditors on the restructuring. Well, join us is learning and the development has given fresh hope that the $600 million will soon be released to the country. I have in the studio Isaac Kofieje is a lead data researcher and has been monitoring the space for us and joins me in studio uh, with what we are learning. Uh, so Kofi, we understand the finance ministry was expected to receive a draft term sheet for consideration. Mm. Uh, what's the term sheet and how important is it in getting the deal sealed? Well, I'm afraid the term sheet is basically a document entered into by, um, you know, and between the debtor and its lenders and other key constituents. So in this case, we are talking about Ghana and the official creditor committee where key constituents are China and the Paris, you know, club. And the sheet provides a summary of material provision, terms and conditions of the proposed debt rework exercise. In fact, Ken Oforiata yesterday told Bloomberg that Ghana was about done with the exercise and that it is um, in good, uh, this will be good enough actually uh, to get the IMF to continue with their work. So in Ken Oforiata's own you know, um, words or voice, it says that the program is about done. So we understand the IMF has been reacting to this development. Uh, what have they been saying? Well, the fund is op- optimistic about uh, Ghana's, you know, uh, ability to reach the agreement. It says that Ghana will reach an agreement with its official creditors soon. And IMF resident representatives for Ghana, Leandro 
Madena uh, told Reuters yesterday, and I quote, it says that we are optimistic that an agreement will be reached soon, allowing the swiftly, um, you know, uh, allowing us to swiftly present the first uh, ECF or Extended Credit Facility Program review to our executive board. So the IMF believes that, you know, an agreement is soon. Thank you very much. Uh, that's my colleague here, Kofiji Minta, with details of what we are learning so far. And also this afternoon, the Controller and Accountant General's Department is rolling out a new system to address the problem of ghost names on the government payroll. Now, what is this system and how is it going to deal with the problem we've been struggling with for with decades? My colleague, Blessed Suga, is on the ground for, um, and gives us uh, details on the line. So first, tell us about this new system and how it's expected to address the problem, Blessed. The process was uh, stopped last year but was put on hold for more uh, in the uh, uh, work a final decision been made and if you're a public worker you need to link your uh, to the payroll if you fail to do that by five then being delisted uh, blessed you would have to reposition yourself we keep losing you along the line so basically the public sector the 5th of March this year, if you do not link your Ghana card to the database, you would be delisted. And that's the directive coming through from the controller uh, and accountant general's department. So now the vice president who was present here to monitor the uh, launch of that database uh, has been lauding the move, indicating that this will save Ghana lots of millions of Ghana cities, given uh, how the ghost worker crisis has bedeviled the public sector. We can listen to it. In terms of this ghost worker problem is that you are registering workers based on the iris or the fingerprints and ghosts are not have fingerprints. Right? So once you require <laughs> once you require fingerprints, the ghosts will run away. Because they cannot produce the fingerprints. And that is the, 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 the problem that they, it, it, it creates for the ghosts. So the serious ladies and gentlemen, therefore, as part of these rules embedded in the government of Ghana mechanized payroll system, new entrants are required to undergo the biometric verification process to activate their information on the national payroll system to facilitate the monthly payments of salaries. As Mrs. Tyson explained, the NIA numbers are captured and are to be required to be used to activate newly employed employees in, onto the payroll system. And the issues of authentication and the validation of the accuracy and membership of the NIA number captured results in the development of a holistic approach to minimize the payment of an end salaries or ghost workers. So there are several functions, the NIA card numbers of the NIA card, which includes, as I noted earlier, the, it serves as the taxpayer identification, social security, and national insurance trust, and, and verifying newly recruited employees, and, and so on. 
That's Vice President Dr. Mahmoud Baumia there. Now, the Chief of Senyase and Kuntihini of Brikum has summoned the owner of a gold farm facing evacuation due to an age-old custom to a meeting that will provide a possible solution to the problem. Joint News Investigations point to an ultimatum which elapsed last year, ordering residents to remove all goats from the town. CEO of Semenshia Learning and Development Farm, Frederick Bene, says he's been given two weeks to relocate because the gods of Brikum forbid the rearing of goats in the town. But the chief of the town says he's not aware of any such orders from the traditional council. Love FM's Erastus Asari Donko has been following the story. Here's his report. An old town in the Buno region set up as a security post by the Ashantis. You could keep cattle, sheep, any type of bird or animal, but it's a taboo to rear goats. No matter how strange it sounds, traditional authorities and some indigents like Antebedu who came to the town in the 60s believe the river deity Asyokra cast this misfortune on whoever rears goats in the town. No Brekum indigent will prosper if he rears goats. They will be hit by calamities and misfortune. One of the affected is Chief Executive Officer of Semencia Learning and Development Farm, Frederick Bene. He tells John News he's been given an ultimatum to move his over 250 breeds of goats from the town. In fact, when we had this it was a very stressful um, story to us but the chief of snasi and Kontihine of Brikum, Osahine Asomajiman Sebi, wants Semencia farms to meet Nananum for an amicable resolution. I don't know whoever gave him that order because we haven't met on it at the traditional council level and that place happens to be the highest decision body for the traditional council. We haven't met and we haven't taken any decision over his removal from uh, uh, our Sulans. So I'll just advise him he should come down and let's talk. Reporting for Joy News, Erastus Asaredonko, Brekum, Bono Region. And you're still listening to the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM. We've, before we go for a break, let's touch base with the Ibuakwa South NP. And also, um, he's also the chairman of Parliament's ad hoc committee investigating an alleged plot to oust Dr. George Kufudampari as the IGP. As you may well know, there's a leaked draft report suggesting the committee has recommended prosecution of the three senior officers involved in the alleged plot. We're grateful for your time here on the Midday News. First off, I'm sure you've cited uh, this particular draft report. Report. Is it emanating from your committee, you'd say? It's not. With the greatest of respect, this is not the handiwork of the committee. The members of the committee are waiting for the clerk to tease out a report for our consideration. And it's very distasteful that anybody is banding this about that this is a report of the committee. A report of a committee will be signed by the chairman and the clerk. Well, what we've seen, at least, um, it doesn't have signatures or dates, but at least it has names of all the members of the committee. But let me find out uh, from what you've done so far in terms of the work. The last we spoke, you mentioned that you're going to present that report to Parliament amongst others. Did you recommend the prosecution of the three senior officers involved in the alleged plot? And the fact that truth be told, we've not come to that point. What has happened is that you need to have a draft of the committee's report from the expert called the clerk. And then the clerk will bring it to members of the committee. We look at it. And then if it represents 
what we really want to assert as the position of the committee. We will say so, and then we we'll also proffer uh, our recommendations. That's what will happen. The recommendations will come from the members of the of the of the committee. If there's any opinion or position by the clerks, uh, we'll look at it, but it's not binding on us. Mm. But uh, it's surprising also that uh, from this um, report or the draft report we are seeing, it appears that uh, your committee or whatever we are seeing in there seeks to vindicate the IGP and indict the three high-ranking police officers. You're saying you haven't reached that level at all. Where exactly all. are you then? Where exactly are you then? Sorry? Where, where exactly are you then with the work you've done so far? That is what I said a minute ago. That is work in progress. The clerk is supposed to bring it to us the members of the committee. And then the members of the committee will look at the draft document and then we will verify if that is where we want to go as a committee. And it's a fair representation of what transpired. And the conclusions are logical and reasonable, given the evidence adduced. And then we will put together a report that I will sign. And then the clerk will sign as well. Mm. What then will be your suspicion of this uh, particular draft document that is in circulation? Well, I don't know whether somebody wants to steal the show, but it's in contempt of parliament. You see, because this is an unfair prejudgment of what we are about to come to. And somebody is trying to force a report on um, uh, a committee of parliament. Very distasteful. And reading uh, the findings in this particular report, you're saying is nothing close to anything that your committee has done so far. Yes. Yes. I, mean, if I, I keep saying to you that some people have been trained to put together a report for the consideration of the committee. Those people are the class. <laughs> so, so if somebody should improvise anything and put it in the public domain, that is his problem. But every member of the committee who is very, very, very true to his own name will say that we said the clerk should put together a report which we will use for plenary. And that draft report, we will all sit and look at it. You have about three lawyers on the committee. You all read the, the report. And that should reflect the thinking of the entire committee, even if there is any uh, dissenting opposed positions. Well, to be captured in the report that some people resented. Would you recommend? Matter. Would you recommend an investigation into this uh, particular? I believe leakage? so. We should we should do that because this is like uh, trying to force um, a false report on the committee. You have any suspicions as to who could be behind it? Parliament. You have any suspicions as to who could be behind it? Well, I am I'm, I'm, I'm professional enough to keep quiet at this point in time because it should be investigated. Okay, then. We are grateful. But when exactly uh, do you hope? Because the last year we spoke, you mentioned that uh, it would have been done before Parliament rules the last time. That did not happen. When exactly are we going to get this report so that all the speculations will be laid to rest, you'd say? You know, we're very, very buried in the budget approval. And every member of the committee was sitting on one committee or the other. So we couldn't congregate and finish the work. But I do not think it will travel too long. I mean, we're able to conclude the matter.
We are grateful uh, for your time. That's the, the chairman of Parliament Ad Hoc Committee investigating uh, the plot to oust IGP, Dr. George Akufu Dampari. And you heard him, that particular draft report in circulation does not emanate from the committee. We'll take a quick break here on the Midday News. We'll return from the break with sports and it's been 10 days of cooking in an attempt to break the longest cooking marathon by an individual and Chef Filer to has finally hanged her apron as she ended uh, that particular attempt. Much later also social media trends with Max and Jackie, you want to stay with us here on the Midday News. When budgets are tight and money difficult to come by, you want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel in full quantity. Thanks for staying with us. Let's do sports. Thank you very much. And for now, the Black Stars are on their way to Ivory Coast for the Africa Cup of Nations, which starts in three days. But before their departure, though, the squad met President Akufuado, who wants them to end the country's 42-year wait for an Afghan title. Yes. Know very well that you have the support of Ghanaians. Go all out and make us proud. Government, with the active support of the GFA, has made all the arrangements necessary. As president of Ghana, Nana Akufuado. Back to you, MFA. Thank you very much, Mubaraka. And I'm sure you are dying to know what's trending on social media. What's the talk in town? I know that Chef Fyla has finished cooking, but MNJ, Maxwell, and Jackie are in the studio with the latest on what's trending. Yeah. I'll be looking forward to seeing you too. What's happening? What's the gossip? Ah, I'm aware a lot is happening. Um, Twitteratis and netizens have hey, been seeing a lot. They call them what? Twitteratis. Twitteratis. <laughs> <laughs> and netizens have been seeing a lot about the power outage so doom is back is in the trends um doom is back is in the trends one user from chado he says his room was so hot he had to go and sit at Enshona. <laughs> jackie you know Enshona. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go and sit at Enshona. Yeah. and then sammy jamfi now 